0: Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, Writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. As part of our effort to serve you as a writer, one thing we know we need to do is serve you as a reader, too. Reading a diverse group of writers is one of the fastest and most effective ways to grow your skill set as a writer. Not to mention, the more we hear about how other books have impacted the lives of those who have stumbled across them, the more motivated we tend to feel to put our own words on paper without worrying too much about how many people are going to read them. On these book review episodes, you'll hear about books that are both popular and obscure— books that are written for someone exactly like you, as well as books that were written for a very different audience, but that you'll likely find helpful, transformative, and even applicable to your life. You'll hear about authors you might never have heard of, if not for this podcast. And you'll be shocked at the kind of impact even a quote unknown writer can have on the world. We hope it inspires you to read more, write more, and to believe in the power of your words to change the world. Never wonder again where your next favorite book is going to come from. This is your one-stop shop for great recommendations, honest reviews, and the next great book you're not going to want to miss adding to your shelf. On today's episode of Find Your Voice Book Reviews, I talked to Carl Gurney, who's going to tell you about a book that reminded me, among other things, to appreciate the ground I'm standing on. If you're interested in some beautiful literature, if you have a hankering to witness something outside of your own culture, or if you're wanting to follow along a journey of trauma, healing, and belonging in a place that doesn't feel like your own, you're not going to want to miss today's episode. Carl does such a good job of selling us on this book. He had me searching online before the interview was even over. Listen to the episode, hear Carl's personal connection to the book and the author, and then I hope you'll grab your own copy from the link in the show notes. Either way, I hope you enjoy this interview about Leslie Marmon Silko's ceremony. Hey, Carl, welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hello. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, I can't wait to hear about the book that you have to recommend for us. Can you start by telling us the title of the book and then in a few sentences what it's about?
1: Yes. So the book that I am here to talk about is called Ceremony by Leslie Marmon Silco. And Ceremony is the story of a young veteran of the Second World War who comes home from the Pacific theater of the war after being in a prisoner of war camp under the Japanese, you know, military. And the interesting thing about that kind of the story revolves around is he finds himself caught between the the world's not only of returning to civilian life, but returning to the particular cultural geography from where he originates, which is the Pueblo of Laguna in rural New Mexico. So the main character, Teo, or Tayo, depending on how you pronounce it, is an indigenous man of the Pueblo peoples. These are a group of indigenous peoples who live mostly in the Rio Grande and west of the Rio Grande valleys in the state of New Mexico in the American Southwest, The book tells his story of attempting to reintegrate into society while suffering what the doctors tell him is battle fatigue and what we would uh, call post-traumatic stress disorder. But it's also a journey of him attempting to reconcile his identity as an indigenous man with the modernizing world that he has seen in its up-close brutality, and how that can be a journey of healing or rupture, uh, of, in other words, of integration or disintegration. So the plot of the story that Silko is weaving, interspersed, I think, quite beautifully with poetry as well as prose, is, is the story of how the ceremony of his people can or cannot function as a healing mechanism for him in his life journey.
0: Wow. How beautiful. How did you find out about the book? And tell us about the time in your life when you came across it. What was it that drew you to this particular story?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really great question because this is, this is an instance when the first time I heard about this story and particularly this author was years and years removed from when I ever thought to pick up this book for myself and read it. So Leslie Marmon Silko began her career as a writer, as the English faculty of creative writing at the University of New Mexico. And during maybe her first or second year on faculty there in Albuquerque, New Mexico, She was just teaching undergrads, and one of those undergrads was my dad, my father. And so my dad told tells me this story about how one of his English classes he's taught by this legendary Native American literary figure. And at the time, of course, I'm a young person. I'm trying to figure out my own stuff, and I don't particularly care. I'm not quite into poetry at this stage in life. I'm really interested in reading, like you know Stephen King and like Tom Clancy, and you know before that, it's it's like C.S. Lewis and and Tolkien right it's not mm-hmm. it's not really the cultural literary the, the poetry stuff so it's not until much later in life actually the first time that i read this book was only a few years ago and this is because my dad thought it a good idea to have a copy of this book which was her first book which was published i think a year or two after he was in class with her so she was presumably writing this book during the time that he actually had interactions with Silco And so when I picked up the book, I was in a completely different stage of life. I was really trying to understand my own cultural and, and kind of identity heritage, not only because my own family comes from New Mexico, right? My dad's from New Mexico. He has this heritage. My dad's a white man. Um, His last name is Gurney, like mine, whereas my mother is Mexican-American and indigenous, right? So there's a a mixture Mm. of cultures within my upbringing. and, And I've really always been trying to figure that out. And it's only been at particular stages that I've found particular Um, literary resources have been helpful. And this was one that because it's weaving all of these strands together in a story that captures poetry and trauma and healing and ceremony that I just found incredibly beautiful. I fell in love with it. I, I was really taken with the quality of the writing and the skill at which the story was told in a very, it's not a linear story that it's kind of concentric circles of meaning. And you uncover the, mm. the the steps of the story as you read, much like Tayo is uncovering the pieces of his identity as he is exposed and remembers and, and understands where he's coming from and what his culture means to him. And another interesting thing too, is I find parallels in the book, between Tayo as a main character and myself is because he feels like he's not Indian enough. He, he, he's called a half-breed because his mother is white and his dad, or his mother is a Pueblo Indian, and his dad is white. And so because of that, he doesn't fully believe that he belongs. And so he goes through this journey of, of trying to find ceremony or the traditional uh, ceremonial rituals of his people as an attempt to both heal of his trauma and also in, like uncover his own identity
0: incredible the themes you're talking about are so universal too. even you know absolutely for everybody the the theme of healing and of trauma and of feeling like an outsider in your own world and of questioning your own belonging even for those of us who don't experience that in such an obvious way you know in the culture that we live in but but yeah I'm I'm really resonating with that and I know other listeners will be too so we did ask you to come with a quote that resonated with you a few sentences or a paragraph are you do you have that ready are you willing to share it
1: I do. Yeah, I have it. So this quote that I'm going to read comes at a point in the story when Tayo has been to one medicine person or medicine man. So uh, an authority within his community who his family gets to kind of attempt to, to conduct the ceremony and it doesn't go well for him. So he finds on his own, another medicine man from a different people group. This, this medicine man is actually Navajo and the Navajo medicine man has a little bit of a different take because really Tayo struggles with the fact that the first medicine man doesn't know anything about what he's experienced in the war. He thinks that the trauma is just like bad dreams. You need to get the stuff out of you. Whereas this medicine man, is coming at him with a different perspective, but there's still resistance. So that's where this quote picks up. So, so Tayo is described this way, quote, he wanted to yell at the medicine man, to yell the things the white doctors had yelled at him, that he had to think only of himself and not about the others, that he would never get well as long as he used words like we and us, but he had known the answer all along medicine didn't work that way because the world didn't work that way. His sickness was only part of something larger and his cure would be found only in something great and inclusive of everything, end quote. Mm,
0: That's gorgeous. I can't help but think about how relevant that is to the current world that we're living in too. What was it for you that made you feel drawn to that quote? How How do you personally resonate with it?
1: Yeah, I, I just love how it captures the way that healing and and the, the exposure and grappling with identity as well as trauma kind of can stimulate some resistance at first, right? Tayo says he wants to yell at the medicine man. He hears the words that the white doctors are telling him like, no, take care of yourself. This isn't about you and your people. One of the historical criticisms that The Pueblo peoples particularly suffered at the hands of of the larger white society, especially in New Mexico, is that they were demure, they wouldn't speak for themselves, they wouldn't accept kind of more individualistic or entrepreneurial opportunities in the larger industries like mining or railroad or stuff, or even ranching, stuff like that. They were only suited to kind of being laborers. And so they were, they were uh, at times, relegated on the social ladder lower than even the Mexican laborers who were migrating with the the cattle and mule trains Mm. into New Mexico. So really, this captures how his resistance is also overcoming the internalized white racism, but that the healing is bringing him into something bigger and greater. And it must be that way, that he is a part of that greatness because he could never possibly contain uh, all of that trauma from the war in himself. It has to be delivered in the greatness and inclusivity uh, as he as he experiences as everything. Yeah.
0: that's And I would add too, our healing is never just our own healing. We always... As we Absolutely. do our healing, it has a ripple effect and spreads to others around us. And our healing is all wrapped up in the healing of everybody else as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really well said. Really, really well said. And this is written in 1977. It's only a couple years after the Vietnam War is over. So I think it, at the time it was very relevant for a generation of young people who who had suffered and were really trying to understand the cultures that they were coming back to, Mm -hmm. right? Especially maybe what I hear about in my parents' generation, or maybe even a little bit older than that, right? But I think it's also more universal than that. As you said, I'm really glad you said that, because I don't think you need to know the particularities of the indigenous peoples of the Southwest to really resonate with this journey, um, and that's why I would recommend it to to a larger audience. Um, with that said, one of the one of the things that Silco does quite well is actually translate some of the traditional Laguna Pueblo poetry or or chant ways, as they are called, that are used in healing ceremonies. And these are really these are really not only kind of ceremonial poetry, but they are their storytelling in and of themselves. And so those are captured quite well. I, I don't want to, to use that in my quote because I, I'm kind of reticent about my pronunciation. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot better at pronouncing Navajo than I am at, at um, Carizan, <laughs> which is the language of the, of the Laguna. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 that universality, I think, is means that this book is, is really, really a wonderful way to open an, a space for empathy and compassion and connection with other people and, and, I, and I also think that that includes not just Tayo's journey, but the most important characters in, in his journey are also, also happen to be women. So this is not exclusively a male-centered journey because of that greatness and that inclusivity includes everything. There is a strong feminine power to the way that the story itself is crafted, um, even though it, it focuses on a male character.
0: Amazing. Amazing. You've touched on a couple of ways that this book has changed you, but I'm curious if you can paint for us a picture of your life before the book and then your life after, and talk about some of the, the differences.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so I think I, I hinted on it in in what I last said about the the universality. Really, every every journey of identity, I think that I've that I've ever heard, and especially when I talk when I think about my own ongoing process of understanding myself and the people's. Uh, that that are contained within me and the cultures and my ancestors and all that stuff. Like, it just feels so particular. So like, I, you know, it can be so easy to kind of feel so different from everyone and so disconnected. Nobody understands. Nobody has gone through this. Nobody has these stories rattling around. Um, and I just think that this story blows that out of the water in the sense of like, you know, when I was in college, I had those identity questions, and I was able to put language around it for the first time in a really robust way. But I don't think I had the ability to kind of be generous with that. I didn't want to admit that my story was somehow able to be universalized. And now I'm at a stage in my life, and this book really was one of the pieces of helping me get there, at which my story shouldn't be kept and my healing shouldn't be kept to myself, that my journey of identity and healing and, and recovering meaning through the difficult events of my life and the trauma that I have experienced shouldn't be something that I keep to myself. And, and not only does that come from the experience of healing itself, but it comes from just the uh, the, the wonderful, nourishing quality of human social com- companionship mm. and kinship. And that's, that's really what what I want to bring into the mature stages of my adulthood now Now that I'm married, but I don't have children. So I'm thinking about the ways, hypothetically, that I want to be raising my children. And so th- th- I'm glad that I have resources like this to that I hope to one day pass on to them mm, yeah. and as well as many others that they will discover and experience for themselves as they live more fully into their humanity. And of course, I will be doing that in my own way further along in the journey, right?
0: Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful way to say that. You've done a great job already of recommending this book. I am I am already going to go buy my own copy and read it as well. But imagine yeah. that somebody's listening and they're kind of teetering on the edge and they're like, I think I maybe want to go get this book. What would you say to them to convince them to go click purchase?
1: Yeah, I, I would say that Leslie Marmon Silko's book is an is a wonderful way to hear from the indigenous peoples of North America of the land that that I am standing on right now. Uh, maybe not all of, the, all of your listeners are, are in North America, but that 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 is such a an underappreciated, in my opinion, depth of literary and creativity, like literary talent and creative spirit, and that, mm. that it's not impossible to understand. In fact, this is like radically universal as we've been talking about. And there's more beyond this, right? Um, Silco is writing in the aftermath and has a lot of parallels with the Pulitzer Prize winning book, Housemaid of Dawn, which was written in 1969 by N. Scott Mamaday. And I read both books uh, fairly close together um, a couple years ago. And I, I found yeah, a lot of differences, but but that, that wonderful creative spirit it, it just, just got me more curious. So I think that if you're curious about the ways that Indigenous peoples can speak to you, no matter how different you might feel or disconnected from that experience, and, and how generous of a perspective that is, in the sense that this is not literature that is wanting to stake a claim against the forms of The the other forms of of literary catalogs, right? They're they're not trying to make the Native American studies section of the library bigger. They're trying to get into the corpus of human creativity that makes a contribution to our collective well-being. And so, um, I I would just privilege this because I think that we don't often get to hear those those voices and don't always look for those stories. So whenever whenever I get the chance, I recommend Silco and, and others. Uh, they're, they're not just Silco and Mama Day, but there's also you know other authors more recently who who have written. And so um, this is this is a great way to start. I would recommend that.
0: Even just the small bit you said got me about the land that we're standing on right now as we speak. And again, not every single listener is standing on the same land, but it's definitely something that I don't think about as often as I ought to, given that this is the land I call home and yeah. that I get to enjoy for so many reasons. So I think even just that in itself, you've done an excellent job of recommending this book for us. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your wisdom with us today. We're We're thankful.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and I'm happy to share and thank you for taking the time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.